Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 293. We're closing in on episode 300. It's just around the corner. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you once again for listening. We appreciate your loyalty. And you first-time listeners, we're glad you found us and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show... All of the announcements from Apple's education event in Chicago. Huawei unveils its new P20 flagship smartphone. And Samsung locks up the last of the big four banks for Samsung Pay. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Jabra Elite 65T wire-free earbuds. We're going to take a look at Logitech's new wireless keyboard and mouse combo. And Vodafone has a new streaming device and updated NBN plans. And we're going to finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products and North the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show planned for you, so we're just going to dive straight in. We've only just returned from Chicago, the Windy City. And a little bit of trivia, it's called the Windy City not because of what you may think. It's, it is a windy city, but there was apparently a column written in one of the newspapers describing the local politicians and implying there there was just full of hot air and full of wind, hence the name Chicago being known as the Windy City. That bit of trivia out the way, we were in Chicago for Apple's education event. This was their field trip, as they called it. Uh, there was a, a very, a very big part of Apple's business. A very, it holds a close, it's close to their heart. Is the whole education market and being able to empower students, empower teachers. This is nothing new for Apple. They've been in the education game for forty years uh, since introducing computers to the classroom, and now more recently, of course, it's all about the iPad. Now, just to set the scene for you, the event was held in the Lane Tech High School in uh, in Chicago. They took over the main auditorium, and when uh, when I walked into the school, it was like stepping into every high school uh, movie I'd ever seen. Uh, a lot of those familiar halls and lockers, and just had that feel that we've seen in so many films. But uh, as we made our way to the auditorium, we did see that Apple had uh, truly taken over the school. And afterwards, I'll describe in a moment how we were all broken up into different classes to use the new product and the new apps and things like that. 
but uh, we should get down to the actual uh, announcements themselves. As I said, held in the in the main auditorium, and Apple CEO Tim Cook took the stage and told us about the importance of education to Apple and how it is a it is something that they hold near and dear. That, that's something that you could tell. Uh, that's something that you can't fake. I think Apple really have invested heavily in in uh, helping educators, teachers, and also helping students to get the best out of uh, their work and to unleash their creativity. Now, at the heart of the announcements, the, the, the only hardware that they did unveil was a new 9.7-inch iPad. We did have, uh, and I did write a piece on ta- in Tech Guide about what we may see at the event, and my pick was, one of my picks was a 9.7-inch entry-level iPad that now supports Apple Pencil. So up until now, you needed an iPad Pro, a much more expensive iPad Pro, to be able to use Apple Pencil. Now the 9.7-inch iPad has the special screen with the, with the technology built in to allow support for Apple Pencil. Uh, so that's uh, available for students, teachers at that entry-level price. So no, no longer you need the most expensive iPad for Apple Pencil. It's now the, the cheapest 9.7-inch iPad will work with that little instrument. Uh, so they did outline, obviously, the device itself, which has uh, it's, it's powered by the A10 processor, the Fusion chip, 64-bit desktop class architecture, and uh, that means 40% faster CPU, 50% faster graphics. Bottom line, this is a zippy little device, and I've got it. I'll be reviewing it uh, later this week. And it, it, it is a noticeably snappier device. It is faster than last year's entry-level model. Now, just, just, so, just to be clear, last year's iPad, even with the latest 11.3 update, which we'll discuss a little bit later, will not work with Apple Pencil. You do need the brand-new iPad that has the specially built screen for it to run Apple Pencil. And with Apple Pencil, it allows you to draw, allows you to sketch, uh, allows you to paint, write, take notes, even use it as a stylus if you want to scroll through the pages. Uh, it just helps with the multitasking as well. The, uh, the, the iPad itself with that faster processor, multitasking is a lot easier. In te- Graphics-intensive apps also are easier, uh, are supported quite nicely as well. well. The other thing that it does empower, it does make, make run uh, a lot better, are the AR apps augmented reality apps and that was kind of part of the announcement as well what what uh, apart from the hardware announcement much of the event was talking about how teachers are using the iPad and the technology in the classroom whether it's apps whether it's uh, organizing their workflow their lesson plans there are ways where teachers can uh, open up apps on the students iPads open up certain websites collect and receive uh, receive and send out uh, work as well, assignments. So staring at a boring blackboard is kind of a thing of the past now. If you've got an iPad, it is a lot more, in, a lot more interactive learning experience. And not only that, they uh, announced also a range of new software programs. So there were, there were some new apps they introduced, but it's the software programs that a new free curriculum that's kind of took up a lot of the time as well, and that was called Everyone Can Learn. This is a new free curriculum that uh, gives teachers the options and ideas to integrate drawing, music, filmmaking, and photography into their lesson plans and homework. And when you think of those three things, drawing, 
you got Apple Pencil, music, you got Garage Band on board, filmmaking, you got a camera, an iMovie to edit, photography, also a still camera that you can also uh, edit on board the iPad as well. And the iPad being 9.7 inches, basically a sheet of glass, it's you can take it anywhere. So it's portable, can go out in the field, can be in use in the class, can go home. Uh, so it is obviously a product backed and supported by this new Everyone Can Learn curriculum. So it allows teachers and students to to find out their creative side, to be inspired, to unleash their skills. Uh, I, 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 when I was in class after the event using the iPad, and they, they, had, they had two separate periods where bell rang, we sat out in a classroom, there was a teacher at the front of the room, we had an iPad, and it was like going back to school. And we were we had to uh, the one assignment was creating a little clips video about the Fibonacci sequence. Uh, there was another one about uh, JFK's quote about going to the moon. So we had to use the iPad creatively to come up with our assignment, and everything was on board the iPad. So we could record video, we record audio, edit that audio, put it together, and and be able to share that file. So it really uh, it makes me wonder. What uh, what sort of student and what what sort of person I would have turned out to be had I have had exposure to technology like the iPad? Would it have maybe brought out the musical side of me? Not that there is one, but it could have intrigued me uh, with that technology. Intrigued me to try something. Would it made me maybe be, have more interest in photography or filmmaking or having an Apple pencil on a screen, a, a dynamic. Uh, combination uh, like that would that have inspired me to draw to paint to to be an architect any any kind of thing you really got to wonder where it could lead you and and that that is having the effect on today's students where this creativity that's unleashed could lead to a career path so it, it is really interesting to have that kind of technology at your disposal literally at your fingertips the other software they were talking about too was ClassKit. Now this was a new education framework for developers. So if you've got ClassKit on your app, it will allow teachers to assign activities and view a student's progress using that app. So if I've got app ABC over here and I use ClassKit, when used in a classroom, it allows teachers to uh, to connect to the students with their iPads through the app, assign them activities, and view everything they're doing. So it does make that classroom friendly, if you like, the class kit, if you include class kit in your development. Classroom is also an assistant that helps manage students' iPads, steer them through lessons. That's coming to the Mac in uh, in beta. It'll be first beta out in June. So uh, Classroom, with that, you can launch apps, books, and web pages on all the students' devices at once or send and receive documents. So uh, really interesting there. Also, some other improvements to pages will now include smart annotation. So you can actually write on the document, annotate the document. Uh, they're also going to increase for schools. Uh, free iCloud storage has gone from five gigabytes with an Apple ID account, so a managed Apple ID account, as you'd use in a school. So it's gone up from five gigabytes to a massive 200 gigabytes. So uh, education on show there. But as as I mentioned afterwards, we did uh, have to go to class during the event. I did receive an email that said uh, Stephen's schedule, so it had my timetable of classes, classroom numbers and everything. It was like I was back in high school. So for the first period, I uh, went 
went and sat in a classroom and I described already what we had to do was to uh, create a clips with another Apple app called Clips that helps you combine video, audio, images in one. Uh, so we had to create a little clips video about the Fibonacci sequence, which is uh, basically the a sequence where each number is the sum of the two numbers before it. So uh, the sequence would go 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, and so on. And the significance of the Fibonacci sequence is that it also occurs uh, in patterns in nature. So you look around you, shells and various animals, the Fibonacci sequence is also uh, apparent there as well. It's something I learnt in that class. I did not know that before going to class with the iPad. After that, we had to uh, we did the JFK clip. We, the, the project was all about President John F. Kennedy and his famous quote: "We chose we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard." I had to record that using clips and insert that into a nice title page with background music and sound effects, and uh, it was a lot of fun. After that period was was over, then we were assigned to another classroom, so we had to go all the way over to the other side of the school, and we were given other assignments, and these were more to do with coding. And the coding is another big part of the of the curriculum nowadays, and Apple uh, with the iPad allows that to, to flow. You can actually, uh, there's another program, free program, that anyone can do, is called Everyone, Everyone Can Code. So if you're just a student or an adult, whatever you want, you can be steered through this whole program that by the end of it, you'll learn know how to code, which basically means you can create an app. So very handy there as well. But in the other class, which was the creative labs, we were into coding. Now, I mentioned Everyone Can Code is a free program using Apple's Swift coding language. And we did all sorts of things. We created a, a little game. We made a robot dance. We steered a little sparrow around the room and... I made a drone fly using the code linked to the little Parrot Mini drone that was uh, attached to, connected up to the iPad. And you can see the video of that on my, one of my stories on Tech Guide where I've made the drone take off, fly through a hoop, and land on the target. Nailed it. Did a really good job with that. That was a lot of fun. Coding through the iPad, I made a drone fly. So that was my morning back in high school. Uh, also, in the in the lessons, they showed us some AR apps, augmented reality apps. Two in particular I mentioned. One's called Boulevard. Now, Boulevard is an app that allows you to view works of art as if they were standing on an easel in the same room. So you hold up your iPad. There's this work of art appears in front of you. You can walk towards it, walk around it, go right up to it, see even the brush strokes. So if you're studying art, it, it's like having that piece of art in your room. The other one was Frogopedia. Now, this is all about frogs, of course, and what you could do, you could create a little augmented reality frog that appears on a little flat surface in front of you. You can view its veins, its bones, its muscles. And who remembers back at school doing a dissection? Remember you had to dissect a frog? Well, guess what? You can do that with the app. No frogs were harmed in it, of course. And you use the Apple Pencil as your scalpel, and it's responsive to pressure as well. So how gently or, or how much pressure you put on there uh, determines how well you can dissect that frog and then pick apart and identify all its organs. 
the classroom of the future is a fascinating place. We should also add that uh, just afterwards, uh, a couple of days after the event, Apple also uh, released iOS 11.3 for the iPhone and iPad. Now, this is an important update because it includes a feature where you can check your device's battery health. There was a controversy last year where it was discovered that Apple deliberately slows down processes so that the battery, the aging battery of an iPhone, doesn't cause an unexpected shutdown. Uh, what Apple's included in this update is you, the ability for you to turn off that performance. So if you don't, if you don't care if you have an un, unexpected shutdown, you may have an iPhone 6, 6S. The battery's not as healthy as it was the day you bought it. Uh, the reason that Apple has that power management feature in place is so that the, there's none of those unexpected shutdowns. Well, now you have the choice of turning off that power management feature. Nothing I'd recommend just, just between you and I. I'd leave that on because it doesn't really compromise the performance too much. If it is compromising the performance, you can also check another feature, which is the battery health. And it'll tell you the maximum charge it can hold, basically tell you whether your battery has aged to a point where it's not holding much charge anymore. And the good news is now, because of this, you can get a battery replacement for just 39 bucks. So if you own an iPhone 6, a 6S, not such a problem with the 7 and the 8, and of course not the 10, you can get a new battery in the 6 or 6S and it'll be like a brand new phone. Your performance will pick right up. That performance management feature will not be needed because batteries age. Batteries over time get worse. If you can replace it, it's like having a brand new device. Uh, the other thing that the 11.3 has also a new animated, uh, new animojis. There's a dragon, uh, there's a bear, a, a skull and a lion. Uh, also, new uh, new updated data and privacy information. So now a little privacy icon will appear whenever Apple asks for personal information. Uh, other features include uh, Apple Music, which will now stream music videos uninterrupted. So that's a handy little addition as well. If you've got an iPhone or an iPad, uh, I highly recommend to do that update. And there's instructions on how you can do it. And you get a glimpse of those features on techguide.com.au. You can also read my story, my report from Chicago, and my other report on going back to school with the iPad. All those stories can be found at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, the very same day as Apple's education event in Chicago, on the other side of the world in Paris, Huawei had just unveiled its new P20 and P20 Pro flagship smartphones. Now, these devices have new artificial intelligence capabilities, a three-lens camera system, and a finish that can actually bend light and, and change color depending on how the light bounces off them. But there are two phones, the P20, which has a 5.8-inch display. The P20 Pro has a 6.1-inch display. And funny enough, they have a little thing in common with the iPhone X, and that is a notch. It's got this little notch at the top of the screen where there's obviously a camera located and a sensor. Funny thing is, though, you can actually turn off the notch. So the top of the screen will square up. So rather than having a notch, it'll be a thicker black band. If you do want the notch, uh, a la the iPhone X, you can opt for that as well. The uh, Huawei did actually make a point of saying, comparing their notch to the iPhone X's notch, which it was a notch-a-thon. But uh, you do have the option of keeping the notch, so you've got slightly more 
screen on either side of the notch or not having a notch at all. So uh, whether you're notch or anti-notch, and I've said notch enough times in those sentences, uh, either way, you choose to have the notch or to not have a notch. Up to you. P20 Pro, slightly larger, of course. Uh, the P20 is 7.6 millimetres thick. P20 slightly thicker at 7.8. P20 Pro has a larger 4,000 milliamp hour battery, 3,400 milliamp hour battery on the smaller P20. Uh, the the thing though that what's going to attract customers is the new advanced camera system. Now the larger P20 Pro, apart from having a bigger screen and a better quality screen, it's an OLED screen, also has an additional lens on the back. So count them: one, two, three lenses on the back. So uh, stacked one on top of each other. Again, looking like the iPhone 10, uh, but you got the third or oh, the three lenses. So you've got. Triple camera on the P20 Pro means you get a 20 megapixel mono sensor, so black and white with all your detail, an 8 megapixel telephoto lens, and the third lens is a 40 megapixel camera. So imagine that highest total pixel count of any smartphone camera on the market. DxO Mark, which only recently just named the Galaxy S9 Plus as the world's best camera, has just come out and awarded it to the P20 Pro, which actually blows the S9 Plus out of the water. Way bigger score. So the P20 Pro, three times telephoto, five times hybrid zoom. Uh, the P20 has a dual lens camera, still combines 20 megapixel and a 12 megapixel sensor. So still not too shabby just on the P20. With the uh, onboard, the AI, artificial intelligence with the camera, has can identify more than 500 scenarios in 19 categories and select the exact photography mode and settings to deliver the best result. A true breakthrough. This is a really advanced camera system. And, and I've said it before, we're buying cameras. We're not buying phones nowadays. They all make phone calls. They all can send text messages. But the cameras are different. So smartphones, we should call them smart cameras that can make phone calls because that's basically what makes people decide on the phone they want to buy. Of course, whether it's Android, whether it's iPhone, the strength of that camera plays a major part in that decision. Uh, both phones also have, while on the subject of cameras, a 24-megapixel front-facing camera as well. Huawei's hit it out of the park in terms of camera and capability. They're still partnering with Leica, so a lot to like about the camera. See what I did there? Leica, a lot to like. Yep. The uh, It also has 960 frames per second super slow motion. So just like the S9 and the S9 Plus, that was a major feature for them, also has new color finishes, the Twilight and pink color gradient. They look uh, like the changing paint job on a sports car. Have you ever seen that? With Depending on how the light hits it, the, cha- the color changes. And that's uh, what the new devices are going to offer as well. Really exciting stuff. The P20 Pro, as I mentioned, OLED display. The smaller P20 has an LED screen, but still looks pretty good. The P20 Pro has an IP67 rating, so it's water and dust resistant. Uh, the P20 is still uh, IP53, similar water and dust resistance there. And the, the it's powered also, both devices, by Huawei's very own silicon. 
The Kirin 970, very much like Apple, they have their, their Fusion, their A10, I think they're up to now, probably up to A11 now with the with the new iPhone, or A12 maybe. Uh, similar story with Huawei, the Kirin 970 is their own processor. So they do, uh, they like to go end-to-end with their product. Uh, pricing and availability, not yet announced, but Huawei promises Australia will be one of the very first markets where these new phones are released. Really exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on the new P20 Pro. I prefer the larger screen and the extra lens in the camera. Thanks very much. Three camera, three lenses in the camera. That will do me. The P20, P20 Pro, if you want to read all about that, you can check it out at techguide.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Com.au. Now, you know what? Whenever, whenever I write a story about Apple Pay or Samsung Pay, I found it's quite a passionate subject. There are a lot of people passionate about this, and passionate by 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 that I mean that they want it. Uh, I wrote about just last week the Samsung locking up the last of the big four banks, so Samsung Pay now is available on the big four. They locked up National Australia Bank, which is the last of the big four. The other three is Commonwealth Bank, Westpac, ANZ, and now with National Australia Bank, boom, they've got the set. Samsung Pay has got the big four banks. So where does this put Apple, though? I think it's significant, the fact that all the major banks have decided, yep, we're going to partner with Samsung, Apple has only got one major bank, and that's ANZ. Numerous other smaller smaller banks and financial institutions, but the big four, Samsung's got the set. Uh, they completed their partnership with National Australia Bank. They were the only holdout. Uh, Samsung Pay also works with more than 50, 45 other financial institutions from around the country. And uh, Samsung just recently, of course, released the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. So for anyone who uh, has purchased a smartphone, a Samsung smartphone recently, well, guess what? You got more places to bank, and chances are you're one of the, you're a customer of one of those big four banks. So there you have it. Funny thing is, though, all the comments on my story on our Facebook page, and we'd love you to like our Tech Guide Facebook page, is that uh, people are saying, "When's Apple Pay coming? When? What's going on?" Well, there was uh, a little while ago the Commonwealth Bank, Westpac, and the National Australia Bank actually formed a little consortium against Apple Pay. They didn't weren't weren't really happy with the how much uh, of the ticket that Apple wanted to clip for every transaction. They even proposed that things are five cents more expensive if you pay with Apple Pay. Now, of course, Apple would not have any truck with that, and uh, they actually that that consortium was defeated. So where does that leave us? It leaves those banks saying, eh, well, we may not use Apple Pay right now. So there's a little bit of uh, bad blood there. We Whether that's the delay, cause of the delay or what, whether Apple is sticking by what they want to charge for every transaction, that's, of course, the bank's trying to protect their little bit of uh, revenue. But customers want it. And guess what? Customers will change banks sooner than changing phones. They have more loyalty to the device in their pocket 
be it an Apple, an iPhone or a Samsung phone, than the bank. I know of many cases where iPhone users, because they wanted Apple Pay, have split their bank and gone to ANZ because they wanted to use Apple Pay. That is the strength of that loyalty to their phone platform. So now that Samsung's got all four, if you're a Samsung user, well and good. Will it make an iPhone user switch to a Samsung? Not sure. Let us know. Send us an email. Send us a send us a, uh, a, a tweet us at Stephen Fennick and that's Stephen spelled with a ph. Tweet me. Would you would you switch to Samsung to bank with the Commonwealth or do you do banking with National Australia Bank or Westpac? Who knows when they're going to come to Apple Pay? But if you're a Samsung customer, you're a Samsung user and a member of one of those big four banks, you can use them today. You want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Now, we all use public Wi-Fi, whether at the airport or on holidays, but one thing we don't know that we didn't know is that public Wi-Fi isn't always safe. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. Shocking, isn't it? The recent There's been some recent vulnerabilities that have shown that attackers can intercept data transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information that's transmitted over the internet or even stored on your connected devices, things like passwords, credit card numbers and more, could suddenly become vulnerable. All this personal information can be used against you, can be used to commit identity theft, can be used to access your bank accounts and all without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi privacy encrypts that personal information and you, that you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. I thought we'd kick off the reviews with a cool little product from Jabra. Jabra, a well-known audio and uh, Bluetooth uh, company. They create a lot of devices that can link via Bluetooth, including the headphones. And the latest is the Elite 65T, and it follows the trend where we're moving away from cables. There are no more cables. These are wire-free earbuds. So get rid of the cables. They're gone. The Jabra Elite 65T true wireless earbuds each bud is designed to sit comfortably in your ear and each is about the size of a five cent piece about one and a half centimeter thickness so not too bulky fit comfortably in your ears each bud has a little silicon tip and a little branch to sort of sit in your ear canal and that adds to the stability of the product you don't want things falling out without cables because they're going to land on the ground or or worse, down an elevator shaft, which is what happened to me with my one of my Apple AirPods. But that's another story. But uh, the Jabra Elite uh, 65T, they were, and I used them extensively during my review, very, very secure. They weren't going to go anywhere. They, in fact, I had to put it in my ear, twist it in place. It was locked in. So uh, really, really solid and secure feel right there. On the outside is a button to help you navigate. There's also a little microphone as well, so you can also use Siri or Google Assistant or Alexa or make phone calls, of course, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But the thing that it also creates when you put it in your ear is a little seal, 
and there's a silicon tip, so it creates a seal, and, and that's a good thing because it helps reduce outside noise. What I found, though, is that that seal, every time I walked, every time I took a step, I heard it in my head. If I was eating something, I'd be crunching, I'd be hearing it in my head. So it's like sticking your fingers in your ear and walking. You'll get what I mean, where you can hear your footsteps rattling in your skull. Now, that was a, a byproduct of that seal. Now, of course, when your music's playing, it's not as evident. But if you're walking or running or in the gym, you may hear it. And to me, it didn't bother me, but luckily I had music and or podcasts and that to concentrate on, so I, I kind of forgot about it. But it's still there. That, that isn't an issue with the Apple AirPods. That, that's sort of the best comparison I can make because you've got to think that an iPhone user, one of the first things they'll consider would be the AirPods. The AirPods don't, they don't have that seal, but they can still sit securely inside your ear. So without that seal, they, you're not hearing your footsteps in your head. The other downside, though, of not having that seal is that you've got lower volume. At the high, if I turn my AirPods all the way to maximum and the Jabra's all the way to maximum, the Jabra's are going to be louder. And I think it's because of that seal. But they, if, if that's not an issue, if that's not a deal breaker, then, uh, and it wasn't for me, I, I quite like the Jabra earbuds. Uh, they did have, uh, that, apart from that comfortable fit, of course, they had great audio quality. Uh, maximum volume was, was really nice for hardly any distortion that I could hear anyway. But uh, on the audio side, Jabra, great job here. Really impressive detail. Nice amount of bass, not too heavy. It was a nice, nice bit of bass. And all types of music sounds great. Uh, and as I said, maximum volume, very little distortion that we could detect. A couple of little issues we had with it, though. There were some times where the connection flaked out a little bit. It would get uh, all distorted or just cut out for a few seconds, depending on where the phone was. I found when it was in my back pocket sometimes, depending on what I did or how I turned my head, it was the odd little dropout. On a couple of occasions, actually more than a couple of occasions, we took them out of the uh, the case and it's a charging case, which has got a battery on board. So whenever you put them inside, it not only uh, dis dis uh, disables the connection, but it uh, starts charging them as well. When we took them out of the case, put them in our ears, sometimes one of the earbuds wasn't connected. Often the left earbud wasn't connected. So what we had to do to rectify it was to turn everything off and press the buttons and turn them both on again, and then it would work. It's not not a major hassle, but it was still a little bit of a pain in the butt. It took, it took about a minute or two to get that happening. If you were desperate to hear your music or the news or whatever you wanted to hear, it still took a little while for that to happen. Again, not a deal breaker, but it, it was there. Didn't happen very often, but often enough for it to be, okay, I noticed it. Now, uh, I mentioned there is a, a uh, battery case. Uh, on a single charge, you're going to get about five hours of use from uh, the earbuds. And then when you put them in the case, you can charge them again twice. So if you remember to charge the case, it'll add up to 15 hours of listening time. So take them out, they're fully charged. Put them back in the case, there's another charge. Put them back in the case, there's another charge. So three charges in the case, but don't forget to charge the case. A nice little carry case too, so they're going to be protected and being charged at the same time. Now, another great feature of the earbuds, the Jabra Elite 65T, is the companion app. There is an app that allows you to hear your music through the app. It allows you to set up an equaliser, receive your firmware updates. Uh, you can even create your different voice control as well. By that, I mean if when you're making and receiving calls, 
And I could hear people really clearly. You can adjust how much of your own voice you can hear to make room for more, to, to hear the other person on the other end. I could hear them clearly. A couple of people commented that it sounded like I was standing in a room talking on my phone's uh, speakerphone. So that sounded a little distant, little uh, like I was in a tin can. But they still said like they can understand every word I said clearly. It wasn't like I was muffled. They could still hear me. It just they sound, said I sounded a little distant. Uh, now, obviously, a common use of these earbuds would be in the gym or, or running. Uh, they are IP55 rated, so they can handle the water, they handle the sweat, they handle the dust. Two-year warranty as well on, on these uh, earbuds as well. Now, uh, the other thing you can do through the app is also control how much of the outside world you can hear. So they do have a little bit of a noise isolation with that, uh, the passive noise isolation by having that uh, the silicon tip seal. But there is a way to let more of the outside world in. A really important feature if you're using these, if you're running, walking, you're near traffic, you do want to hear what's going on around you, and it's good to know that you've got that sort of control. The Jabra Elite 65T, $299. Now, these are more expensive than Apple's AirPods. Apple's AirPods... When they came out, a lot of people said Apple's AirPods are expensive, but they're actually cheaper than any other wireless, wire-free uh, buds that are on the market, most of them anyway. Uh, AirPods are only 229 229 And as I mentioned earlier, they would probably be the first thing that an iPhone user would consider. But the Jabra Elite, still worth still worth a look. Have great uh, maximum volume, great secure fit. That charging case gets you uh, battery on the move as well. They sound great, of course. Uh, the Jabra Elite 65T, 299 bucks. If you want to read our complete review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, who doesn't use a keyboard and a mouse? I'd say no one would be having their hand in the air right now. We all use a keyboard. We all use a mouse. And if you want to change it up a little bit with your computer, if you've got a desktop computer, then you can do that with the new Logitech MK545 wireless combo. Now, this this is a, a wireless solution, of course, so it works via Bluetooth or uh, the u- unifying USB dongle that goes into your computer. Whether you've got Bluetooth or not, it'll sync back to this dongle that goes in one of your vacant USB slots. Works up to 10 metres away, as Bluetooth would. But this is a combo, full-size keyboard, familiar key shape, key layout, of course, textured palm rest, so uh, you've got all your directional keys and a full numerical keypad on the right side. So it's a full keyboard, not a, not a small keyboard. Uh, and the mouse is also contoured, so it's really comfortable to use for a while. Laser-grade tracking, so you've got really efficient navigation of your computer, especially if you're sort of doing really finicky work where you need the really precise mouse movements, then this mouse can do the trick there. Uh, really well-constructed as well. You think about a keyboard and mouse set, it's something you use every day. It's got to be rugged. You got It's got to handle day use, day in, day out. goes in every day. doesn't have a day off. And it can do that. Really sturdy construction. Uh, so, you know, these things are built to last. There's also, and this is great, this is a great achievement here. Now, the keyboard needs uh, the battery, and so does the, the mouse, little AAA batteries. Now, the keyboard battery can run for up to three years on a single battery, 36 months. The mouse, single set of batteries, two years, 24 months. So put them in, set and forget. 
It'll be a while before you need to change those batteries. Up to three years for the keyboard. That's incredible. Uh, there's also the keyboard uh, has also programmable hotkeys. So up the top uh, top row there, you can customize that for to suit your workflow. And of course, works with Mac and PC. There are dedicated PC controls because more people are likely to use a PC, uh, the PC key. This with a PC, You've seeing. 85% of the world's computers or probably more are PCs. So there's a little picture of a window on one of them, but that becomes your control key if you're a Mac user. Still, though, don't, if you're a Mac user, that shouldn't put you off. They still work quite well on a Mac as well. Uh, really quiet and accurate typing as well. You know, you know those old keyboards, how clackety-clack, they're really loud. This is a whisper quiet and it got a nice low profile, so the keys don't have a lot of travel. They don't have to be pushed too hard. And uh, that that accurate that that key layout they're designed to provide that more accurate typing experience so low noise you're not going to be disturbing your colleagues if you're using this in an office or anywhere near people so you're going to have a pleasant typing experience you think about how often we use a keyboard and mouse this is a product that is uh, something you will use literally every single day day in day out goes in and uh, doesn't take a day off. The Logitech MK545 Advanced Wireless Keyboard and Mouse Combo, priced at just $99.95, available right now. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, Vodafone has some news as well. Uh, they've entered the NBN game. If you haven't already found that out, the uh, you can get the NBN through Vodafone, uh, and they're expanding now to Brisbane, Gold Coast, Adelaide, Perth, and Tasmania. They're already in Sydney, of course, and Melbourne. So these major capital cities now have Vodafone as your choice of internet service provider. And what they've done as well, they've created a partnership with Netflix. So two of their plans, so their two higher plans, will receive a complimentary 12-month standard subscription to Netflix. So you need to sign up to one of those two 24-month NBN plans, and Netflix chucked in. Pretty good. The other thing they've announced, though, too, is a new streaming device called, funny enough, Vodafone TV. Now, this is pretty similar to what Telstra is offering. Telstra now has Gen 2 of their Telstra TV, basically a little streaming set-top box that allows you to view Netflix. It's got a uh, TV, uh, a free-to-air TV tuner, uh, and you can view Netflix, YouTube, Stan, and other services using Vodafone TV. It's also powered by the Android operating system, so you can hop on Google Play, download certain apps, also uh, works with a Chromecast as well. But using an Opera Android system, it's also a Chromecast as well. So really handy. And it's available. Postpaid customers, additional $5 per month over 24 months. Or you can purchase it outright for $120 outright. Boom, you own it. 
120 bucks. Start streaming up to 4K Ultra HD, which is pretty good for the price. Free-to-air tuner uh, on board, as I mentioned. Dual-band Wi-Fi connectivity. Uh, so you can running Android, you can also use Google Assistant, so Google Voice Search. Uh, so you can find stuff just by asking for it. Really handy little product. And if you, of course... Uh, on the NBN through Vodafone, then all that data, that delicious data through the NBN, you can enjoy streaming to your heart's content with your free Netflix subscription as well, don't forget. Now, the uh, free NBN is offered on two of their packages. Uh, the NBN start, the basic NBN plan is 59 a month. For that, you get 12 megabits per second. Uh, but then you can move up to the Essential Plus NBN plan, so that's the 50 megabits per second uh, tier. It's only an extra 20 bucks a month, so definitely worth going to the 50 $79, and that includes your free Netflix, so think of the money you're saving there. But you can also uh, get free Netflix with Vodafone Premium, so that's the NBN 100 megabits per second tier. That's $99 a month. Free one-year Netflix subscription, unlimited data as well. So really handy new plans from Vodafone, the company that you thought only was a mobile phone provider. Guess what? It's an NBN ISP as well. And there would be some bonus data, I imagine, too, if you're a Vodafone mobile customer and then you switch on to the Vodafone NBN, you may find yourself with some extra gigabytes on your mobile device, which also comes in handy. Data is like money. You can never have too much, I think. So Vodafone, if you want to look at that, the NBN footprint is growing and Vodafone TV also available. Uh, The Netflix offer is around until June 30. Uh, and redeemable until the end of August. So if you sign up now and you get connected on June 30, by June 30, you can still kick your Netflix subscription into place by August 31. If you want to find out more about Vodafone TV and take a look at what those new Vodafone NBN plans are offering, you can check that out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Now, we all want better Wi-Fi. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, across the board, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no dropped connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're already paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
Okay, we're going to zip through some of uh, your questions on the Tech Guide Help Desk. And, of course, we're welcoming voice bites. If you want to record your question rather than emailing me, you will get preference and be guaranteed a spot on the show. Download voice bite, hashtag Tech Guide, record your question, or you may have a little mini review. We'll play that on the podcast. Uh, we did have some emails, though, this week. And one was concerning a uh, gentleman was saying, look, he wants a, a desktop computer. He already owns an iPhone Already owns an iPad, but was using a HP desktop computer. Wants a new computer. And my recommendation was, look, complete the circle. You got an iPhone, you got an iPad, you might as well get an iMac. And the advantages there is that your devices all work together. You can share documents in the cloud. You can share documents between devices. Your photos appear on all the other devices. Uh, they just work seamlessly together. That Apple ecosystem is designed to do that. Apple make the hardware. Apple make the software. They make their devices work together. They make their devices sing together. It, it does, it's just a better option, I think. If you're already in the Apple ecosystem, why not complete it with an iMac? And, of course, there's a 21.5-inch version, 27-inch version. And if, you want, if you've got the money, there's an iMac Pro as well. But I think for uh, this gentleman's needs, an iMac, uh, regular iMac will do just fine. I did have another question about Android video calling. Now, we all know iPhone users out there, FaceTime, they, that's a little video calling. You can also do FaceTime audio calling as well, so it uses your data to connect. So if you're overseas, you don't have a SIM card, but you've got a Wi-Fi connection, you can make your video calls, your audio calls. Now, what do you do if you're on an Android device or you want to, you want to call another Android device or an Android device wants to call an iPhone? Uh, there are several solutions here, and in terms of making video calls across the board, Skype naturally will work from an iPhone to an Android device or a Windows device or a computer, uh, as will WhatsApp. If you're an Android user, you can make video calls through WhatsApp, as well as audio calls as well. So there's two to consider. And lastly, we did have a question. A person said, look, I've got a great idea for an app. What do I do? Are there free courses for me to learn to code? And the answer is yes. There are several uh, little, little colleges that offer free coding. If you're in the Apple ecosystem, you do have access to Everyone Can Code, which is a free curriculum to learn Swift coding. If you want to create an iOS app, of course. So, yes, there is that option. Uh, if you don't want to do that, then you'll probably need to contact uh, a company to build the app on your behalf. Years ago, we were, uh, there were companies who set up websites for people. Today, they still set up websites for people, but they also set up and build apps for people. Uh, my advice would be to have a very solid non-disclosure agreement so that your developer can't blab your idea to another developer and uh, they can help, help get you off the ground. But if you want to do it yourself, there are ways to do it. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is the end of our show for this week. Can you believe it? You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, you can send us a voice bite. Come on, download the app. It's free on iOS and Android. We want to hear your beautiful voice. You can put hashtag techguide in the clip title. Record your question. I'll play your voice on the podcast. Don't you want to hear that? Or you can send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special shout-out, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us once again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.